Yeah, baby, we are back. The summer is over, and we are hanging out again. Can you believe this is season two? <laughs> oh, gosh. Season two with Mr. Costa. He hasn't killed me yet, guys. We shouldn't have had a season one. <laughs> Welcome to Locust and Wild Honey. I wrote on the Facebook page, so some of you saw this, it's like the end of the summer brings with it, it's a little melancholy, right? Um, especially those of us in the teaching profession, you yeah. know, it's our vacation's over. No one else in the real world is mourning for us, by the way. <laughs> my, yeah, nobody is. My wife was two weeks off, you know, per year. I don't think she's feeling bad for me right now. My, my brothers, my brothers tell, tell me that I work one day a week <laughs> on a good week. Yeah. And then when they see me in the summertime, <laughs> like you don't do anything anymore. But, you know, it's like school is starting and, and also the summer's over. So we're heading into fall and, you know, people like fall, but it still gets cold. And especially we're in a, a beach community here. And then us starting up season two, we're dragging the thing down even more. It's like something, something, else, <laughs> not to look to something else not to look forward to. <laughs> oh, God, they're back. And the, and the crazy thing is, is that, you know, guys, he really manipulated me into doing this. And right before we started this record, uh, the, this recording, I said, you know, you really turned me on this. I'm really excited to do this now. <laughs> so, so we're going to try to keep bringing in, we're going to try to bring in special guests this year and, and, and get different things going. And we are hoping to get the students involved. We couldn't do it last year because of, because of COVID where this the studio that we're using is not terribly big. Um, and we're hoping as the year gets a little bit more normal, we hope uh, that we could have students doing the pre-production, the post-production, and even, even on with us. Yeah. You know, so people yeah, can hear their insights. They'll probably give, us deep, give the people deeper insights than we are. All right. So <laughs> you know who I'm thinking about now when you said that? Who? Gianna. <laughs> so I know I know she and her family listen, but but she was with us the last four days as we were doing freshman orientation, and and we have to have her on because I think we do. We wouldn't be saying a word. No, we wouldn't be saying a word. And I really don't know what that girl runs on. It's definitely <laughs> not coffee. It's definitely not and nothing found within <laughs> <In> nature. nature. <laughs> so G Gianna is an awesome junior who was, and there were a lot of students this past week who signed up for Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and they would do an orientation for the freshmen. And, and they're all wonderful. Gianna, though, was speaking to the freshmen on behalf of campus ministry. So yesterday was day four. Do you realize yesterday she was feeding me lines? Yeah, Did you catch that? No, I know. Stuff that I was forgetting to say. And she would say, so, Mr. Costa, do freshmen eat alone? <laughs> oh, no. Good point, Gianna. I would have forgotten to say that had not you not fed that to me. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we have to have her. But other, but other students on as well. Because in all seriousness, and some of the greatest insights I've gotten ever um, have been in the classroom just from um, students. You know what a student said to me in my first year of teaching? This was a sophomore. And I hadn't had to think about how the story went exactly. Um, oh, I, I was saying love is improvable. And he said to me, Mr. Costa, that's a good thing. I said, okay, Alex, why, isn't it, why is it a good thing? And he said, because two and two equals four, and two and two will always equal four. It's never going to change. Would you want love not changing? And I said, all right, dude, here's my paycheck. It's like, <laughs> wow, it's a 15-year-old. <laughs> Guys, by the way, that was about 40 years ago. Yeah, thank he's, you. He's about 110. He looks good <laughs> for his age, but... <laughs> yeah, so what did you do this morning before you got here, Dave? Uh, woke up. Okay, yeah. 
I woke up and got my coffee. I needed to do that today. Okay. Right. Because last night was basketball. Thursday nights are basketball night. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, and then I was talking with a friend of mine in the parking lot after we play because we'll usually go from about seven thirty to about ten thirty at night. And we were talking for about an hour because we both have the gift to really gab. And my body started locking up on me. And as I'm crawling through, the, I'm walking through the parking lot, but I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> it was, it was excruciating to walk upstairs. And mm-hmm. so, like I said, I need to, I need to rest a little bit this morning. My okay. body, I, I don't turn over. The, I don't, I don't uh, uh, heal that quickly anymore. All right. So just since we brought it up and you're referencing my age, um, I woke up at 4.30, ran 12 miles to get here at nine o'clock to meet you. So, and I'm about a thousand years older than you, apparently. So <laughs> you could save your pity story about talking in the parking lot. My heart goes out to you. <laughs> hey, so we, we had a lot of fun. Well, And when I say we, it's, it's you and me. I'm not sure the listeners ever have fun. I don't think so either. No, but we were talking a lot about the Mets in the spring and it, it just never stopped. And when I no. talk about the way they play baseball. It, and we were fine up until like a little bit after the All-Star break. Yeah. And then it all just fell apart like a usual, like a usual year for well, us. And that, see, I've gotten used to that part because the, the Mets aren't good at baseball. But what I've never seen before <laughs> is, is the players booing the fans. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I was incredulous when new, I saw that. We've hit a new low. We've hit a new low in New York sports. <sighs> I, I don't understand how they do that and think that people are not going to be upset. And, you know, and I've, I've read some of the commentary. I'm sure you have, too. Mm-hmm. Well, these were it was it was a guy from Chicago and, and wherever Lindor was from. I forget already. Cleveland. Cleveland. Right. And, you know, the, the fans aren't you know, they wouldn't get upset there. And I'm thinking, all right, I know New Yorkers are different, but I have a hard time believing people in Chicago and Cleveland <laughs> right. would, would not be upset at the same thing. They're human. Do we, do we not remember Steve Barton? Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. They had. A, they, the guy evacuated Chicago. <laughs> they had to put him in witness protection. Yeah, they did. I'm, they I'm, had to. I'm almost not kidding. I mean, no, was, they did. They had. To, I, rem- I watched that thirty for thirty. Yeah, he yeah. didn't even. They invited him to throw out the first pitch in the World Series. Yeah, they gave him a, a World Series ring, uh-huh. and yet he still has no intention of ever going public. Yeah, like I'd, to be a, be a public face. That, that's a great. That's a great point. Absolutely. So don't tell me yeah. that New York fans are separate from all the other fans in this country. Oh my gosh! I just—I was just in shock that they did that. I know, I know. But and you then, know what? I am happy. I am happy to see, and I—I I love to see the Jets play. I, I love to watch the Jets, and I do love. I don't have a, a hate for the Giants, so I'm excited. This is like the, the you know, you like this Baker, season. This this season for for the Giants with uh, Daniel Jones. This is make or break for him. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping he does. I hope he pulls through. Uh, I don't really buy any you know, professional on the Jets who say that they can scout talent for a quarterback. Uh-huh. So Zach Wilson, as much as I want to see him throw for 5,000 yards and, and put up Hall of Fame numbers, he's probably going to get his butt whooped <laughs> bad. He might. And and I will warn you that because um, we didn't start this podcast, I think, until December. My reaction to you talking about football will be similar to your reaction to me talking about hockey. <laughs> I don't care. But people care about football. No, they do. You're right. There's no argument there. <laughs> it's it's kind of like the religion of America. Guys, maybe this year, um, after 
being promised for two years, my my dream will come true, and I will be sitting next to Costa at an Islander game and actually learn how the sport works. Yeah, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I have invited him in the past, but he's always too busy with whatever it is he does. But we'll we'll try again. I have you know I split season tickets and um, oh good yeah so hopefully so we'll... like don't take your family, <laughs> <laughs> especially to the important ones. You know the ones that they would get excited. Sorry, about. Jen, I'd love to take you to the game because we've been married for a long time, but the priest <laughs> from my school wants to go. <laughs> so what did you do this summer, man? Um, you know it was busy. It was just really, really busy, just kind of with, with everybody home, like a, you know, like a good busy, Yeah. but just really kind of being a dad and taking care of uh, everybody's needs. Did, at any point in the summer, did you, um, did you build a chicken coop? No. Oh, I guys, I got a text. I got a text in the middle of the summer. Uh, oh, oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> I got a text in the middle of the summer, totally random, had not heard from him in a while, that just said, hey... Can you, can any, any way you want to help me transport 90 dozen eggs? 90 dozen eggs. Yeah. I don't even know how he came across that, but I, I just scratched my head and said, I haven't heard from this guy in a while, and now he's in possession of 90 dozen eggs. I don't know what he's doing at I was looking house. for a place to put them. <laughs> I was looking for a place to put them. I was. <laughs> so what it was, there's a local parish here, and there's a, a saint that walks among us. Uh, his name is Joe Gibbons out of the Gerald Ryan Outreach Center, and along with Noel Campbell and, and the staff there that are, they're, they're all saints. The, the work they do is Beautiful amazing, amazing. But, but Joe kind of has taken, he's a, he actually had, he had three children who graduated here at St. John's, from St. John's, and he runs a summer camp for, for kids, and uh, he gets donations, but, but he can't, and we've been on the receiving end of donations too. People mm-hmm. are very good-hearted, and they're awesome, but you, sometimes you get more than you need, and they would get more eggs than they need. <laughs> so I would get these texts from Joe during the summer, um, can you use like 90 dozen eggs? So... <laughs> I asked around <laughs> to different places. And, and normally... That's a big omelet. <laughs> the funny thing is this parish is normally the place we would go to when we have extra stuff, see if they could use it. Right. But we're getting it from them. So I wound up bringing it up to the, uh, the, CFR, um, the CFRs in, in the Bronx. So we made a, f- a few trips up there with, yeah. with all the eggs. Knowing those Franciscans too, uh, they definitely use those eggs for themselves before they gave them to the poor for sure those boys eat good do they eat good yeah oh yeah well we were actually handing them out in the street to people too just to shoot right. your theory there but all right there as, we go as they were walking by, but... <laughs> so um, what else did you do for the summer um besides delivering eggs yeah i it was just it was just kind of a lot of like a lot of little family stuff what about you do you travel a little bit yeah the first week of july uh, i drove to oklahoma with my sister and a good buddy of mine and, and uh, my brother-in-law. And uh, the four of us ended up doing a road trip to see my parents uh, out there in Oklahoma. Uh, they had just moved out there right after Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it was the first time going to see the house. Uh, so we got there on July 4th, which oh, was nice. nice. Okay. Um, and then stayed there for the week and then came back and really just kept very low key. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, I thought it was an important, I thought it was an important summer for me personally, just to kind of uh, keep a, uh, uh, a slow pace, uh, you know, slow pace of life and just get recentered. Yeah. Um, you know, really for me was just doing some good, healthy, 
wholesome things that kind of attributed to like rebuilding my soul in a positive way after what was a really difficult school year last year you know and i don't think just for us here i think we could say it was a very rough school year for teachers faculty students parents uh, across the board so for me it was very important to kind of just get recentered in um in just feeling and experiencing the lord in in some lighthearted uh stuff you made an observation the other day during the orientation that I was referring to that I, I hadn't really realized, and you were dead on. Um, when we were speaking to the students, these were the freshmen coming in, so you know, a few hundred of them over four days, and um, we were getting a response from them. Yep. And every teacher in this building, and then most teachers I know from you know wherever, were saying that was the the hard part last year. And I, I yep. think because the kids were scared, I think it was new to us and and the kids pick up whatever energy we're giving off yep. so if we're a little concerned and a little scared sure and then you but you noticed it right away the other day it's like they they seem like they're alive again yeah, yeah. It, it, and it was it could, because it reminded me of my first year here which sure. was that half year before uh we right. were on lockdown and uh there was reaction but i also too my, my father always kind of helped me uh be able to address the issue of people like when looking at people's eyes and last year i remember when we were looking when i would look at the kids and look them in the eyes you could see the fear interesting uh, and okay. and it took a while for that to kind of melt away yeah i would say for us in this building uh it slowly dissipated but was pretty much gone by the time we came back from easter break when they all started coming back when they all it definitely got better back. yeah um and so to see to see us pick up right from there yeah uh, in the orientations, mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, and you could see you even yesterday, even in the afternoon, just walking around the building, guys, guys, uh, and just and just seeing the students coming in, being able to get their lockers back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an excitement. There was yelling in the hallways. You could hear a locker slam. Had not heard that for a year and a half. Whoever thought that would have been a joyful sound? I know, but it truly is. It really is. Yeah, uh, and because the kids take they they their locker is their space. Yeah, uh, and but it's also pride. for us. It's a sign of for them and us. It's a sign of normalcy. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh. there was a lot of uh, excitement, a lot of anticipation in the building yesterday uh, and the course of this week, which I'm I'm really grateful for. Yeah. Well, it should be a uh, it should be a good year. But before we even projected year, we want to talk a little bit about some of the um, the spiritual insights that we may have gathered um, over the over the summer, and just share them with you um, because it might might spurn on um, something in in your life. And and one of the ones I, I have a few, and I, we we don't even need to get to all of them today. Um, they could kind of be interspersed as we go on this year. But one of them actually happened last Friday, and it, there's a little bit of a, a scenario that I need to set before I, I tell the insight, because it, it plays upon it a little bit. It doesn't change the insight, but um, I was doing a lot of running this summer, and usually Friday is is a long run. So the weather here in, in the Northeast um, up until two days ago has been really hot and humid. It's been a it's been a very you know sticky summer, but you kind of persevere and, and you go out and do it. So I went out last Friday morning, knowing it was going to be rough. So I tried to get out just around the sun. The sun was rising, you know, to get out there. And it was a long run. It was another another twelve miler, and and I know three miles in, I am drenched. I said, <laughs> this this is going to be this is going to be hard. 
and it's hard to kind of keep your spirits up when you're you're constantly you know thinking about um, um, uh, thinking about um, you know how how awful it is. But there's a there's a funny uh, aside to this before I actually give you the insight. So I have a an app on my phone. I think it's called Road ID, and it it monitors when I am moving and when I am not moving. So if I stopped moving, say I fell over and had a heart attack, right? It will alert Jen where to send the funeral home to pick up the body on the side of the road, right? <laughs> or the ambulance if it's not too late, right? It, if, if you're not moving, it will alert someone you, you designate. As a matter of fact, your, your predecessor, um, a good friend of mine, Father Rob Ketchum, who's a, he was telling me he's actually a fan of the show. Oh, wow. It disappointed think- me. I thought he had better taste. <laughs> So he's the pastor of Christ the King in Comac. Uh, but anyway, he and I were, we were doing a school trip down in, I think we were in Washington, D.C., and uh, I was going for a run in the morning, and I, I said, you know, telling my wife, who was in New York, that wouldn't do any good. So I said, could I put you on on this? He said, sure. But I forgot to take him off. So a few months later, it was like one, one morning, like 7 in the morning, I get this text from him, can you please take me off your, notify me when you're doing a run? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, back to Friday. Um, it was it was turning out to be harder than than I thought it would be. So I I had pretty much gone through a, a whole quart of water. So there was a deli. So I stopped at the deli by a Gatorade on on the way back. I said this should help me with the you know, replacing the electric lights and sodium and all that stuff. This will be good. But I wasn't rushing. So I go in there and I buy it. Now I am I am dripping wet. Like the front of it's like someone put a hose on me. It was that bad. It was maybe TMI, but I was it was. There was nothing dry. So I'm, I'm sitting there uh, outside. It's like a little picnic bench. I'm drinking the, the Gatorade. And all of a sudden, in my, my headphones, I hear this very loud noise. I said, oh, no, I forgot to turn off the stationary thing, the road ID. <laughs> and if I don't start moving soon, my wife is going to think I'm on the side of the road. So I get up and I start moving. But that, now it gives me like the second warning that it's about to call, you know, and tell somebody that there's an issue. But the problem is, I'm so wet, the touch ID on my phone won't work. <laughs> so the thumbprint won't work, and I couldn't do the screen. And there was nothing to dry my fingertips. There was, there was nothing dry. I couldn't dry them. So it got, now, I, this, this was extreme, but, but I, I was so afraid of making my wife panic that um, there was a guy walking the other side of the street. I go over to him. Now, I am, I am a dripping mess right now. And I'm panicking, so he could see it in my face. I said, can, can you just get into my phone for me? Oh, my gosh. So, so, Dave, he takes it. He wipes it on the front of his shirt to dry it. <laughs> and he was not, and I, I admire him, he, he wasn't really literate on the phone. So I'm having to tell him what to press, and then he pressed it wrong, and then I'm saying, no, you have to go back. So finally he got in, and I was so appreciative, and, and I was able to send her a text, everything's okay. Turns out she was in a shower. She wasn't even, like, hearing she anything. She didn't even care. No, she cared, but she didn't know that it was happening. So that's what it's like. So anyway, running is stupid, by the way. If you're, if you're runners, you know what I mean. It just it makes no sense. Wait, didn't you tell me you got some kind of spiritual insight out of all this? Well, I was getting to that. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> so it t- kind of gives you a sense of my head when, when I heard this. So anyway, 
They, you know, I, I know you know, we've talked about before, Memento Mori, Remember Your Death, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's a beautiful, very old Catholic spirituality kind of being brought to the forefront uh, by sister. And I don't think I say her name or Althea, Althea, I hope I'm saying it right. I might not be. I have no idea. So we'll go with it. So sound, make it sound confident. Um, the, the, the idea behind the Remember Your Death is not at all morbid. It is... Um, live for live for your day. N- live for the day, because in an hour it could all be over. So really appreciate what God has given us today. It almost reminds me a little bit of um, Dead Poet Society. Carpe diem, seize mm-hmm. the day. It's it's whenever the secular world needs something, they look to religion, they rename it. Well, it, everybody goes carpe diem. <laughs> yeah, I know we've been saying this for thousands of years, guys. <laughs> but but again, yeah, no, nobody trusts the church. So anyway. <laughs> Um, it's it's really beautiful, and, and also to be to be joyous about our next life. Not not to it, it's obviously scary. It's a chasm. I'm not going to say I can't wait to die, but you know to be joyous. So it's it's really a beautiful um, a beautiful way of of thinking about life. So she was being she was on this podcast. A friend of mine had sent me the podcast, so I decided to listen to it. She was awesome. As a fact, I want to talk to you about it <coughs> um, at some point because it's somebody we might want to bring into the school to speak to the student. She's like beautiful full of life. Her, her words are so attractive. She's so happy. It's like it'd be a great, great uh, person to put in front of uh, in young people. But the person interviewing her was really annoying me. He was, uh, first of all, he was atheist, but that's not the reason he was annoying me. That, I'm not, no, no judgment there. Um, he was, I always feel like when you're speaking to um, people, they should leave the room, and this is an old cliche, but it's true. You should always leave others thinking they're the smartest person in the room. This guy didn't believe that. So he's, he's putting in all, he would end almost like a segment by making an observation and then moving on, really not leaving sister time to address it. You know, so saying, uh, so yeah. saying things very knowingly as a way of putting a period in the sentence and so moving on. But the one thing he said, and this almost, I, I think I uttered a loud no when he said this. And, and he said, they were talking, he was asking her to try to explain the Eucharist. And that's a hard thing to explain especially to a non-believer. And she was, you know, and it, it, I, don't, I don't think this is what she had signed up to talk about, but she was doing an amazing job, right? So he finishes it off by saying, and, and, and for sure, you know, we, we understand that as, as the metaphor of the Last Supper. And I was like, I had this enragement inside. It's like, God, no, it's not a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know how wrong you are? Mm. It helped my running for about 20 feet. I went fast because I was angry. <laughs> and then I remembered I was grumpy and tired. Of <laughs> but part of my being grumpy about, it was about the weather, was about listening to this guy. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's one thing to have questions. I appreciate the fact he has the question because I think we all try to struggle and, and understand these spiritual realities in our lives. Yeah. But, but to say something so blatantly false, but really what it, what it helped me even realize in my own life is that that my visceral gut reaction to how wrong that was actually made me feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, I guess, I guess I am growing that that I could be so enraged that he was saying that right. that it, it's not a metaphor. You know, the Jesus we encounter in the mass is the same Jesus that walked two thousand years ago. Right. It's 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 not a symbol of something. Right. You know, yeah. So that was that was just like one one little thing. I I, I felt good in my my anger, if that makes any sense. <laughs> <clears throat> I 
Well, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you brought that up because for me, I would say, you know, part of the getting regrounded, you know, just kind of spiritually, physically, emotionally, uh, psychologically, uh, it started for me with just getting into some just time, like uh, Matthew Kelly has a phrase, carefree timelessness. Like when you're with somebody and you're not looking at your, you know, you're not looking at your phone, you're not looking at your watch, you're just you're just being and uh so to be able to do that this summer and then uh and and also do it in the context of of the mass i i uh my summer took a shape that i didn't really think you know uh sacramentally on sundays uh that i didn't think was going to happen and uh so i was taking care of the gilgo beach community west gilgo beach community there's a, a small little chapel there. <clears throat> and so I was helping out there. Uh, I was just kind of filling in for their, their mass. And it really freed me up from the parish mm -hmm. uh, because we had so many summer priests. We had a couple of summer okay, priests. Good. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't needed as much sacramentally uh, at the parish, uh, which gave me the opportunity to really just be with that community. And uh, for those of you who who are unaware or forgot, this cycle, uh, this year, uh, in the summer during ordinary time, we came across the John's Bread of Life dis discourse, and it was it was where the church, the the Sunday Gospels for about a month, just broke down a different part of John six. Um, and for John six, John in John's Gospel. Jo like the sixth chapter, the Bread of Life discourse, is his institution narrative. It is his Last Supper discourse because in John's in John's Last Supper account, uh, he focuses more on the service dimension of the Eucharist, like the washing of the feet. Of the washing yeah. of the feet, he does not have the institution, uh, you know, of con mm -hmm. like the con the words of institution. So John put that piece in there uh, that the other apostles, uh, that the other evangelist had not. So to be able to just focus and just pray in that um, and, and to just be excited in speaking specifically and solely about the Eucharist for five weeks in a row and in the middle of that having the Feast of the Assumption, mm -hmm. you know, which I thought was really uh, providential, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, with a small community of about 60 to 70 people every week, it was nice to be able to kind of just journey with a community and pray uh, sometimes, I, you know, the homily was really short, which is, I know, very difficult for me at times. And it was really short, and we just prayed the Eucharistic prayers. Mm -hmm. And I just tried to focus on allowing the people to hear the words of the prayer. Yeah. Uh, and just rotating those prayers, because we have so many different Eucharistic prayers. Uh, and sometimes for different reasons or whatnot, uh, you know, so many people get used to hearing the same one or ones. Uh, so I, I really tried to use it and expand it and use the, the larger prayers, you know, the, 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 the longer prayers. Mm -hmm. It just ended up, for, for me, that was like a really beautiful way of <clears throat> just getting really grounded and connected again with the Eucharist in the Mass uh, with our Lord and just focusing on the reality that it is exactly what we believe it to be with yeah. the body blood soul and divinity of our lord mm -hmm. you know and the, the 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 gift he's able to give us through that that could even help us just understand how how our lives are meant to be lived 
Yeah. You know, um, not like we should live them because, but how they're meant to be lived as, as human beings. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, to, to get back to, you know, the metaphor piece, if the Eucharist was solely a symbol, mm-hmm. you know, it was solely just a metaphor that our Lord was focusing on, then I don't think that there would be as much life. I don't think there would be as much life at all radiating throughout the, the church itself, you know. Um, and I, I don't think that we would be able to be convicted in such a mission you know, I don't think people would be laying down their life in no. holy orders because, you know, for, for an image uh, or a metaphor, like, at, at times, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, this is exactly why I became a priest. Yeah. To think about, like, that's it. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus is on the altar. The second time I celebrated Mass, not not the first time, the, but the second day I celebrated Mass, so it was, it was the next day I was by myself in in the church. And uh, I got to the end of consecration, and uh, I just looked down and go, wow, you're really here right now. And then I continued with the Eucharistic prayer, yeah. you know, and I was like, because th- there wasn't anybody else in the church. It was just me and the Lord. Yeah. And I was like, I knew he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't get that with the metaphor. No. And nor do you get the, as you were saying to, I, I say, referring to, you don't, you don't get that, that call. You don't get that. That that deep seated no un, unbelievable unshakable reality of of life and love yeah. and, and and mission. I it, you could think of it too as as a love that grows like like any other love, you know uh, yeah. you know human love in your life um, that's palpable, indescribable, um, life giving, life altering, but real. You know, yeah. but re- but not provable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of it, none of it is is provable. Um, I, I I know if I'm if I'm speaking um, at adoration, like I'm much more self conscious of what I'm saying. Um, if I know the Eucharist is next to me, and almost mm-hmm. like in this feeling of, what could I possibly have to say? And I think that normally anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, with the with the monstrance on the altar, it's like whoa. And it's, it's not like the boss is here. No. It, not at all like that. It's like this incredible reverence and, and sense of what is next to me is far bigger than I could even imagine and, yeah. and loves us far more than I could even, you know, articulate even. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's like kind of uh, being enveloped in this, um, this cloud of mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Of, of just knowing, mm-hmm. and how many times I can't tell you. If I had a nickel for every time I hear this uh, from somebody who walked away from the faith and is now at a different point in their life, and had said, "You know, I I went to this church, or I I tried to do this on my own, but I wasn't at home. Right? I miss. I was missing something. Yeah. And it always is the Eucharist. Yeah. They're craving the Eucharist because. Believe it or not, gang, when you and I are baptized Catholic, when you and I receive confirmation, all of that is pointing and directing towards the great reality of being able to be in communion with our Lord in the Eucharist. Yeah. And so if, if we take, if we walk away, you know, for a spell, it, our soul will communicate that to us. And it just, 
and it's just a matter of responding to the grace and 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 listening to the voice of the Lord in the midst of that and coming home. Reminds me of, um, I think I mentioned this last season too, but uh, Father Michael Himes from Boston College, uh, who's a Jesuit priest, that is a, is a heart, um, how does he say it? There's a cross-shaped, cross-shaped hole in our heart that could only be satisfied, you know, only be satisfied um, by the cross. And, and I think, you know, I... I my my feelings towards the guy in the podcast when I'm um, more lucid and and can think about it is is really he represents a a great sadness I have um, to be so close you know to asking the questions but to be so close right. um, to to the truth and but but not being able to to grasp it right i saw something this summer that I, I really i felt sad about and i would suspect you see these things far more than i do but i was at a mass and they were doing um baptism at, at the mass which i thought was really nice the uh the, the pastor does this to really like really welcome these families and these children into the community so it's in the middle in the middle of mass and they the, the faith formation in this parish is awesome. The, the, the pastor that does it is awesome. Um, they're not just going through the motions. They're not just checking off boxes. But you know when you invite people in for the sacraments, sometimes for the people coming, they're checking it off the list. Mm-hmm. You know, um, And sometimes it's worse for the people they bring. So I went in one particular Sunday, and I, I made the mistake of, of sitting behind the families. And there was a guy... Dave, I'm, I'm not kidding. He was setting up the camera and then like walking over the pews because the camera was in the way. <laughs> and and I was always observing them. The, the, the children were fine. <laughs> Honestly, it was the adults that were the issue. And, you know, someone would come in late and they'd look behind them and kind of, you know, do that half stand up and, and kind of with the with hand, come, you know, sit with me, sit with me. <laughs> I can't sit alone in church. We see that in the cafeteria here at the high school, but again, these are teenagers. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's what it's like. So anyway, I'm only two rows behind, and at one point, one of them takes out their phone, and, I, and I, it was a big like iPhone, one of the bigger iPhones, so I could clearly see the screen. They were ordering something on Amazon. <laughs> and and I, I, I just felt so sad. Yeah. You know, not, not I really didn't, I, I hope I'm not sounding judgy because I didn't mean it, but... I don't mean it that way, but I, I, I really feel for many people, if, if Jesus walked in today, they would go up to him, take a selfie with him, and then leave feeling satisfied. Yeah. No. You know, the, the selfie part's not the bad thing, but the leaving being satisfied. Right. You know, okay, I saw it. I was part of something for a second. I memorialized it here, but I'm, I'm, I'm really not interested in taking the next step. Yeah, it'll show up on the timestamp yeah. you know, a year from now. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I remember that time I took a selfie with Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then I walked out. <laughs> but and it's it, that's the sad part. That's that's the part of the... Uh, and that's what, really where our evangelization has to be directed, yeah. is helping others understand mm-hmm. that Jesus is so much more uh, and that he is so real, uh, yeah. you know, because... If if people don't believe that, mm-hmm. then that's all. Then he might as well be a cardboard cutout of Jesus. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, before we, you know, uh, yeah. and then just move on. 
this reminds me a little bit of a of a book I read in, um, this summer, and it's called. I would really highly recommend it to anybody. It's put out by Ascension Press, and it's called Pocket Guide to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, and it's written by Father Josh Johnson and Father Mike Schmidt. And uh, those two men are very well known among the, the Catholic um, campus ministry, uh, college ministry, uh, focus. Uh, all the, the many, many of the young Catholics um, who practice their faith would know uh, both these gentlemen. They're, they're really, they're fantastic um, together. As a matter of fact, they did a, they did a podcast um, about 13 or 14 months ago after George Floyd was killed and talking about like racism in the church. Um, and, and what we can do. And it was like a very honest and open conversation. I'd, I'd recommend people uh, to listen to that. But, but moreover, um, th- this book is, is, is really, um, I find for, for high school students, I think it'd be fantastic, but also for adults. There, were, there was stuff I was reading. But I want to relate one story that, that, that Father Mike Schmidt spoke about, and it relates a little bit to what we're talking about in, in how we are to live. And he talks about when he was learning to drive, he uh, was always told by his father, don't let the tank, the gas tank go down past a certain amount. And Father Mike said, I interpreted that to my father loving me, but these are the rules. And, and, he, and he knew his father cared for him, right? And he didn't want him to get stuck. Um, but he, that's where he thought it was coming from. So as, as many of us are, um, when we're young, we feel our fathers don't know a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think we all go through that. <laughs> and then by the time we realize they knew what we're talking about, our children are telling us we don't know anything. It's <laughs> the funny cycle <laughs> of life. So anyway, he, he felt he was really proficient at getting almost to the end of a tank, like really letting it go almost bone dry. Like this was a game. It's almost like today with Waze. <laughs> do, you, do you ever try to beat the time on Waze? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Time. Yeah. I feel like this is a success. If I get in one minute before Waze said, I, I feel like I've done it. It's almost like that type of thing. Um, so he, he told the story. He, he, the, 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 one story, actually, the car ran out of gas um, in, um, on the highway, and he actually coasted off the exit ramp into a gas station filled up. <laughs> the great success he felt there. But, but he goes on to, years later, the same thing happening and getting to a gas station in the middle of nowhere and um, the car needing repairs. And even after you put the, after you put the gas in, and the, um, the, the mechanic said, the reason it needs repairs, and the mechanic said, I'm, I'm surprised because it's a relatively new car. And he said to him, do you let the gas run low a lot? And he said, I do. He goes, you've killed your, you've killed your gas pump. And that's why you need your gas pump replaced. And it was this moment that Father Mike relates far better than I do, first of all, because he communicates better than I do. Second of all, it's his story. But <laughs> I, I would really recommend getting the book so you could read it firsthand from him. Um, he said he realizes now what his dad was communicating to him is as much about the good practice of living to rather, no, this is how the car operates, mm-hmm. right? It was about the car not breaking down. And, and he was relating it, and I think it's a beautiful, and this is a metaphor, of, of the, what, what we're given um, the Eucharist by the church um, it, it's helping us know how to live as human beings, 
you know, yeah. how to deal with these bodies, how to deal with this, this mixture of, of our physical lives and our spiritual lives, you know, and, and to make these things integrated. Yeah. Um, it's as much about the right, it's as if it was the operating manual for being a human. If, yeah. if that, does that kind of make any sense? Yeah, no, I th- it makes more sense when he says it, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's, it's not just the obedience thing. Mm-hmm. Not, not saying that's bad, but, but it's, this is how we are to live our lives because this is what it means to be human. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think so many, you know, we were talking about the people that, um, um, who go out to sometimes to their deaths to, to proclaim the word based on their experience of the Eucharist and, and, and other things as well. Um, I, I think those are the people that understand humanity. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. and it, for, for you know, just to kind of take that, you know, and piggyback off of what you just said, that's that's also kind of where, um, you know, in the in the Eucharist, in that experience of the Eucharist this summer, uh, being able to see the Eucharist uh, in other things and other people, um, uh, specifically for me. Yeah, we go after after being with our Lord in the Eucharist and being in communion with Him at the Mass or in adoration, uh, and having that one-on-one time to then be able to see with the eyes of faith uh, and, and experience in faith uh, the this the, the Eucharist, uh, you know, uh, the sacrament of unity mm-hmm. amongst getting together with good family and friends mm-hmm. uh, in in making the the choice to you know stay away from uh, toxic people yeah you, you know mm-hmm. or, or you know in my life and and then to just kind of focus on just get back to the to the uh just get back to good wholesome sitting around a fire pit or or just uh you know having a good fun dinner and yeah. just getting ripped on by some of my brothers and ripping them back and just with no agenda, right? With no agenda. Yeah. You just, just being, mm-hmm. you know, and being comfortable uh, in in that social setting, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is, and and many times that came up where I was like, well, this is, this is holy communion. This is Eucharist as well. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's the it's it's the uh, it's the effect of uh, that that beautiful connection uh, in prayer mm-hmm. that comes first. Uh, you know, so so stuff like stuff like that has really kind of helped re reground and kind of just uh, helped me to decompress what was a very difficult year. Yeah, you know, um, I think that's going to hit us more and more as we move on to with normalcy when we remember. Sure, and yeah. you know, it's not and it's not rocket science. I mean, the church has been talking about this is how you do it for two thousand years. I know. You know, you you sit in prayer. You know, you you do your prayer first and get in communion with the Lord <laughs> in mass in your own private prayer, and, and then you know, community. I, I mean, yep. it's it's pretty much community and then service. You know, so it's <laughs> we're not breaking new ground here. No, as a matter of fact, I, I did come across this. Uh, we we should probably start to wrap it up. Um, but I did come across this quote by uh, Jennifer Hubbard, and she says, Sustained and steadfast prayer ultimately brings the heart into alignment with the workings of God. 
I'll read that again. Sustained and steadfast prayer ultimately brings the heart into alignment with the workings of God. And that's kind of what you're, you're talking about a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I should say to uh, this blew my mind. Jennifer Hubbard is the mother of, of, of a child that died in the Sandy Hook massacre in 2012, I think. Um, 13. 13, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so it's in Sandy Hook, Connecticut. And um, so I think that, first of all, that statement stands on its own when it comes from um, a mother whose heart has been broken like that. To have that faith yeah. is, oh my God, it, I get chills. Yeah. It, it blows me away. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. <sighs> well, I think we put everybody sufficiently to sleep. I think we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we rambled on probably enough for two. Yeah. Episodes. Yeah, we we probably need to shorten this a bit. Yeah, we will. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back, everybody, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. God bless, guys. Have a great day. If you would like to contact Father Dave or me, please follow us on Facebook at Locusts and Wild Honey. We appreciate your comments on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please tell us what you think and share with your friends.